This is a Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 44. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a Colored Pencil Podcast, where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts, Lisa Clow and John Middick. Hello, my name is John Middick, and I am joined by my co-host, Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. Hi, Lisa. Hi. <laughs> How you be? Hello. Wait, is am I in my car driving? Is is this uh, Siri or what? Yeah. What is this? <laughs> Hello, make a U-turn. This is a show about the art of colored pencils, where we discuss tips, techniques, shortcuts, and all the nitty gritty of this medium that we love so much. So, Lisa, what are we talking about today? We are answering some of your art questions. Mine? No, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to everybody else. Keep up. All right. So, Kelsey writes. When measuring a drawing or selling commissions, where does the paper measurement start? For example, if I have an inch-wide border of plain, uncolored paper around my drawing, would I sell that as a 5x7 and include the border in the measurement, or as a 4x6, treating only the colored area of the paper as part of the drawing? Thank you for your help. I love the podcast. The interviews are one of my absolute favorites. It's so interesting to hear a group of professionals discuss techniques, styles, and tools. Well, thank you, Kelsey. We appreciate that. All right. So what do you think, Lisa? Well, How okay. should she measure this? Is your border a part of the artwork? If the border is a part of the artwork, then that border gets counted into that if that's a part of your design. If when it's matted, you want that border showing, then you can count that. If it's a border just because it's not a part of the artwork, you only colored, you know, the four by six portion was the part that you, that's the only part of the art, then you would count it as a four by six. Yeah, because that's part of the composition. Um, the way you place that on there, that's that's the art. It's all part of it. Yeah, I... You know the thing. The thing about that is, yeah, you're, you just, you know, you you set your prices, and then you think about the composition uh, within whatever the measurement is, and then you say, you know, this is my price. I, I don't, I don't think that you're ever going to have any problems with anybody coming back and saying, hey, you only drew though on, um, you know, a little uh, four by four area, and. Uh, uh, you know, you charge me for an eight by eight or something, you know. Um, well, this is going to matter, though, because if it's a standard size, like a, a five by seven is a standard size mat. Someone goes yeah. and has it matted and you don't you can't fit. You actually you sold them a five by seven, but your artwork is actually only four by six and it's not going to fit in that mat or into that frame. Then, yeah, they probably will come back and complain. So you do want to make sure that you're giving them the accurate measurements so that they know what to expect, because they're going to find that out when they go to the framer. Yeah, no, I'm just saying if it's part of the um, the composition, if you're having, if you're designing it where your composition is including negative space, oh, yeah, is yeah. what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying about that. You can go with odd sizes, you know, but yeah, that you you do have to bear that in mind. You're they're gonna going to have to if they get that frame, then they're um, they're going to have to get a custom mat and frame for that, which can cost so, a bit more. Yeah, yeah. 
So it depends on how you want to price it, you know. Um, you know, in talking with, about that, that's actually something that I think we could bring up, even though it's not technically a part of the question, mm-hmm. is when you're deciding what size to work on, more often than not, I am going to go by a standard size. 5 by 7, which is actually really tiny, you know, 11 by 14, 8 by 10, 16 by 20, something that is easy to mat and frame. Just because I'm the one who probably, if I'm going to display it somewhere, I'm going to have to pay for the framing. Yeah. And so I, if I can get a good design... Now, there are times when my design just did not look good in those dimensions, and I did have to use an odd size. I've done that a couple of times, so it's not an issue, you know, if I'm not making that choice and letting the artwork suffer. But if the artwork is going to look good on a standard size, I'm going to go with a standard size to make it easier on myself if I'm the one who has to frame and mat it. Yeah, yeah. But there again, I mean, there again, though, to get back to this uh, to this specific question that you're asking, Kelsey, it, your the way I do it anyway is I'm I'm including um, just like Lisa was saying if it is going to be shown in the finished um, matted and framed piece then I'm including that as part of my measurement and I don't care if it's you know this border of white or whatever the support is you know this border that doesn't include part of my drawing on the paper if it is part of the negative space around my drawing that I think should be included and I don't want anybody cropping that out you know I'm going to make sure that that's known that this is the drawing it gets you know framed uh, as such as well yeah and I've got actually like one of my graphite pieces it just sold I sold it as a I actually don't remember the size now. Let's pretend it's an 11 by 14. I don't think that's what it was. But I the the drawing, the background, the entire background is white, but the cheetah is all shaded in. I still sold it as the whole thing. I don't remove like the linear inch price based on what has pencil touching it and what is left yeah. white because the yeah. white was a part of the design. It was a part right. of what part of I the wanted. Composition. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And that, that's a big deal. I mean, because they're paying you as an artist to execute and to create this work of art. That isn't – you're not a manual laborer. Yeah. You know, you're a creator. And so you're when you make that decision involving composition, that's part of what they're paying you to do is they're paying for your creativity. Yeah, and it's not necessarily – you know, I put in five hours, so this is how many hours. I can only make five hours. If I would have done the background, it would have been eight hours, so I've got to charge less. Not necessarily. They are not no. paying you per hour. They are paying you for a lifetime of experience. Yeah, because they are paying you for the value that you are supplying. They're not paying you by the hour. You're not paid by the hour. You're you're getting paid for the value that you're creating. You always want to price according to the value that you're creating, not according to the amount of time, the amount of work, or anything like that. You're getting paid for the value that you're creating. All right. You want to go on to the next one? All right. I started with colored pencil. Do you know how I can mix and how you blend... And can you blend them with odorless mineral spirits? Thank you very much. So, okay. Well, I mean, this harkens back to some of the things that we've talked about in the past with getting started with colored pencil. Um, Great question. Comes up a lot. So one of the things to keep in mind with this is that with colored pencil, you're doing your mixing. I'm using air quotes here. Um, You're blending these pencils. I'm using air quotes again. I'm playing an Um, air guitar. With OMS, I'm using air. No, so you're you're doing on you're on a scratch piece of paper or a test piece of paper. You are creating 
your colors over there. And you're mixing two or three pencils together and determining what color you're going to be using in your final piece. And what I like to do when I'm starting out is... I'll look at some of the the colors that I'm going to be using and I'll, you know, maybe get 10 and then I'll try to narrow that down maybe to five or less. And then I'll, you know, I'll start testing those on a separate uh, piece of paper. And then when you apply them, there's no mystery. You know what it's going to do. So I think Lisa and I've talked about in the past, there's, we, we kind of have made a careful distinction between mixing and blending just a little bit. But when you're using OMS, Really, what you're what you're doing is you're uh, spreading that pigment out just a little bit, and you're filling in all the uh, valleys and all the white of the paper. You're causing the pigment to essentially dissolve into the paper. Yeah, because you're breaking down all the binders in the pigment that is in that pencil. So, I, I mean, the, the way to get started, I think, is just start. You start testing on a separate sheet of paper and seeing, removing any mystery before you go to your actual project because you want to determine, you want to find out what this is all going to do because d- depending on the OMS that you're using, um, it can have a slight, it can alter uh, the color, the hue that you uh, got with just mixing some of the layers together of different colors. And, you know, one OMS may perform different than another. Gamsel may make it look a little bit different in color than um, if you're using you're using paint thinner or something like that. So you you do you want to go back and test all of those. Now here, this actually could kind of bring us into another question that I get a lot. If you want to answer this, John, what about blending with Vaseline? What about blending with alcohol? Vaseline. Are you I think serious? this is a I thing now. This is a thing okay. that everyone is saying. Or blending with baby oil is another one. I oh yeah, I've heard that one all the time. Vaseline though, mm-hmm. I did, I did, I've I've not heard that one. Yeah, so it's that's interesting. Spread around the internet is this is how you should blend. So wow, that sounds kind of gross to me. Actually, I'm sorry, <laughs> but it just sounds like that just that just belongs in you know in the medicine cabinet, not in the art yeah. desk. Well, let's start with alcohol because this is one that a lot of people will still do, and okay. you and I have talked about this before, and I really liked what you had to yeah. say about it. What did I say? I don't, I don't know. I just, honestly, I don't remember. I just remember thinking, yes, I like your answer. Hmm, I don't remember. That's terrible. I'm sure it was brilliant, though. But <laughs> alcohol, to me, I guess, it just seems like that that is not an artist-grade material, for one thing. I, I just don't see that when I go to, you know, go to an art store. I don't, I don't see that there with all the other available OMSs for one thing. So I don't, I just, my mind doesn't think about using something like that. I don't know about you. You know, I've tried using things that were not artist grade in the past. Yeah. And sometimes I didn't notice right away any problems. And sometimes six months later, the artwork was destroyed. So Mm. I personally don't go with anything that has not been tested for art specifically. Yeah. Just because, again, my own experience, I'm not saying that your work is going to be destroyed. I'm saying I'm not going to chance it because I've seen it happen. Right. I used cheap linseed oil once that I got at the hardware store thinking that would be a, an alternative to artist-grade linseed oil. Yeah, that ended badly. 
Um, I remember you talking about that. Yeah, it it yellowed the entire. Pe- it was horrible. When I say yellowed, I mean like it looked like yellow running down, like someone spilled pineapple juice or something all over. That isn't the right Ew. word, but apple juice is the the what it looked like, and it looked like Ew, I had crumbs even, on it. I mean, it, I, when I say I'm not talking about a little yellow tent, I'm talking it ruined it. And after that, I'm like, okay, that's it. Sticking with artist grade materials now. So yeah. baby oil is the next one that I hear a lot, and it's the yeah. same thing. But here's the thing. You're working with paper. You add oil to that. Oil mm-hmm. and regular paper don't generally play really nicely together. It doesn't dry quite right. And I go back to I question how well this is going to work long term. You may be able right. to blend one layer, but when you go to put your next layer of colored pencil on there, it's just this slippery mess because the oil mm-hmm. and the way it soaks into the rest of the paper and I don't I again this is another one I personally choose not to do and Vaseline is a new one that I've been hearing people ask about another one it seems I, so gross yeah people Seriously. will dip their pencil in the Vaseline and work straight like that you know mm. you're you're mixing chemicals that were not necessarily tested to work together right I'm I'm not going to chance artwork that I spent 16 20 30 hours on With something that might work temporarily. I mean, this is there. A lot of people will try different sprays, different fixatives, and it's kind of the same thing. Like a lot of the the fixatives for colored pencil are water based or they're acrylic based. Acrylic and oil and wax don't play well together. You can't put or you shouldn't put a water based product on top of oil or wax. And a lot of people are doing this, and years later, finding that their colored pencil starts flaking. It starts having a lot of problems. Sure, it looked great for a few years, long term started having issues and so some people had problems with it some didn't i'm not chancing it myself yeah it's the same kind of thing i mean that you hear people talk about well my high school art teacher said just use hairspray and that would protect my you know my graphite drawing or my charcoal drawing or pastel or something like that you know i just i i don't know i there would it's I don't not know. touching I just, for art. Just don't, not worried about. It's not, and it's it's not thing. even made for that. And just yeah. don't do it. It's just it's not that much more expensive well, to buy the, the right funny product. Thing is my hairspray costs more than the fixative I use. So why would I? I mean, if you're using good hairspray, then why would you even do that? But that this when they do hairspray, they're not testing for pH. They're not testing no. to see how this is going to hold up long term. So the hairspray yeah, that you yeah. may have or your art teacher 50 years ago thought was great, and they're like, I've not had any problems yet. That doesn't mean the hairspray produced today, even if it's the same brand, won't have problems because they can change that formula based on how it best works with mm-hmm. people's hair. It's not meant for art. It's meant for hair. That manufacturer does not care about the no, pH right. balance. They don't care what your artwork is going to do with it. They're not testing it for that. And I'm not willing to risk my work with something that is not specifically tested for that. Yeah, really good points. All right. So so our last question is, uh, Anonymous writes here, what paper should I use when just starting out? I heard that I could use canvas as well as paper. How would I go about doing that? All right. Well, I mean, there you can use canvas, yes. Um, you want to make sure you think about your materials again. I mean, if you're going to be using wax-based colored pencils and you're going to be using some OMS, then I would say, you know, I would recommend maybe getting a Frederick's uh, canvas that is primed for watercolor, perhaps, or uh, do they do a a mixed medium kind of priming they for have, that one, Lisa? Um, for I'm not sure, their watercolor canvas board is probably one of the smoothest that you're going to find, and okay. it is a water based primer, but it's fine. You can put okay. your oil and acrylics on top of yeah, it. Yeah, so have th- a few so with that one, stick to as well, but that one's a good one. Yeah, 
And that one, I mean, then that's good to know, too, that if it's uh, real fine. I have used one of those before. I didn't finish my project. I started on it. And I th- They've got too I much tooth I just didn't for me. Like, Even though it's yeah, a watercolor canvas, it's too much tooth. It, you burn through your pencils really fast. You burn through them really quick. That's yeah. that's the point I was going to talk about. And it's hard yeah. to get your color saturation well. I've not tried it with the odorless mineral spirits yet. But, yeah, it's one of those where I just kind of was like, eh, I really like my Fabriano Artistico better. I've seen some people do some things with it before, Esther and it Roy does looks stuff on really. Campus, doesn't she? Uh, she might. I'm. I'm not real sure about that. Wrong. She might. We're she gonna might. have to ask her about that when we interview her. Yeah, exactly. There are some others though that do use canvas, and uh, they've done some workshops on it and that, that kind of thing. Maybe we ought to get um, one of those artists on the show and talk to them I've about seen their it, technique. And I know they produced beautiful work. So oh, yes, yeah, it can yeah, be amazing done. stuff. I've not done it in any way that I liked. So I'm yeah, well, not going I mean, to do it myself. Yeah. I mean, if, but if you're starting out with it and you want to, you want to try that by all means, you know, do something like that. I mean, there's artists that even use travertine, right? Travertine tile anyway. And yeah. And you know, it can create some really compelling colored pencil pieces. Just, just using that. Uh, not sure about the technique and how, you know, he gets that to stick on there real well, but you know, people are drawing on anything and yeah. pastel board and all that stuff. So, and I mean, you can find, use whatever. Yeah, and you're going to find different papers. I've talked about this before. Like, I personally cannot stand working on Bristol vellum. But I've seen other people work on it, and their work is stunning. But my techniques don't work well for it. So try out a lot. But the thing, my big thing to recommend, don't go cheap because you think, oh, I'm new yeah, to this. Yeah. Colored pencil, you're probably going to spend a couple of weeks on any given piece. More likely than right. not. Maybe it'll get longer as you work. But to me, like, I'll get a, a big sheet of Fabriano Artistico. When I cut that down into four different pieces, each sheet of paper might cost one or two dollars. I don't remember exactly how much. Yeah, but see, that's on some, not expensive. Yeah, when you figure you're going to be using that same piece of paper for the next two weeks, I would rather hand over my two dollars and have something that it, I know is a good surface that if I start having problems I'm not going to think well maybe I should have used this other paper I know if I have problems it's my own fault <laughs> that right. you know it's an, I'm not being limited by what the paper can do whereas if I use another yeah. type of paper I'm not sure okay am I having problems with my own blending or is it the paper not working I, like I don't know and so if I stick with a paper, a quality paper, it just, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier. You're going to learn more using paper that has the, the capabilities to take the layering, to do get smooth layering on top of that, than you would on something that's cheap and you're going to be limited on how many layers you can do. You know, and some people that have a very, very light hand like to use smooth paper or they've um, – some people are using that uh, drafting film mm-hmm. um, and they've got a very, very light hand and that kind of thing. And so it fits. That, you know, Lisa, this is one of the reasons why I love this medium is because if you have a heavy hand, you can use something like pastel board that will chew up your pencils really quickly. But it there's just so much room for a lot yeah. of different styles, techniques, and and uh, ways of of doing this. Now we've uh, actually go, pencil work. we're going I to be throwing it. one more way of blending and layering by Aliona Nicholson, from the the author of the Colored Pencil Bible. She just came out with a new powder blender that. It's a completely different way of any way we've ever worked with colored pencils before. So, I mean, there's so many different. We'll talk yeah, more about that in the future. Yeah, that's exciting. And I, yeah, and I saw that um, Color Pencil Magazine was uh, talking about that or have, had had some information in there about uh, her process with yeah, that. Yeah, it, it was a really, really good exciting. article. I want to say, yeah, it was. was it 
January's issue. Uh, we'll double I check. Don't remember, and it was it was pretty notes. recent. Yeah, it was a yeah, good, definitely. and it showed how you can layer everything dark to light, which is not how we've traditionally been able to work with and color pencils. I before. tell you what, I that. You know, if that works as well as as what um, it sounds like it is, I've then tried it. It that really is does. that's gonna be so nice. Mm-hmm. I mean that that will just really um, change a lot of techniques, and and I love it. I mean, it lets you I think work the more like you would in oil it. painting and the way that we layer in oil with mm-hmm. colored pencil. So again, it's not something that's where awesome. I say this is the only way to do it. It's one yeah. more yeah. option for you. There's so many things you can do with this medium. But I love that. I mean, if if that's the case, you know, being able to do light over dark. I mean, that to me, that I would be so exciting. My I, first oh, test. I can't actually, wait to see something like just that. Just being that we're talking about it, I'll bring up my first time experiencing this. But my first try, I wasn't layering it quite. I wasn't using the right kind of paper. This it mattered what kind of paper you use. Aliona told me what to use. I was like, "Am eh, my Fabriano? I'll be fine." No, it really wasn't. I didn't seal it properly. I, I should have put a coat of gesso to make that work. So anyway, really, yeah, my so what first. Kind of, the, well, your two best options for this stuff is either going to be uh-huh. sanded paper or take – I airbrushed gesso over – I just used cheap paper my second try because I was like, yeah. okay, my first attempt was a massive failure. Let's – I'm not going to huh. waste another piece of Fabriano on this. I should have. It would have been better for me. But um, the gesso, I think that – I ordered some sanded paper. I think I'm going to like the je- – just gessoing my own paper will probably be my preferred method with this stuff. But you want something that the powder blender is not going to soak into. If it soaks into the paper, it really doesn't work in this case. Oh, so okay. you so need something, something sturdy enough that yeah, would take – something non-absorbent. Um, is what you want. The, uh, so by just gessoing your preferred paper, yeah. that works. Okay. So, that yeah, it's really cool. That's but I did the these little pussy willows with this chickadee. And for both the chickadee and the pussy willows, there were portions of it where I went really dark and had to get light to come on top of it completely white on top of darker mm. grays. I mean, white. Yeah, it was amazing. just amazing. So like doing whiskers on animals, this sort of thing is right, all of a sudden right. a breeze. It's forgiving. If you have a layer, you're like, oh, I needed more detail. There's a, a fixative that's intended for colored pencil. So you're not going to run into the archival problems that you do with some with all of the other ones are all actually acrylic based. But with this one, you put this textured fixative over it and you bring back the tooth. So you worked too hard over burnished earlier on. You can spray this texture fixative and bring that tooth right. It's amazing. The whole thing is I sound wow. like a walking advertisement. I swear it's just because I'm so excited about what I saw. I just well, that, the last that is exciting. I mean, it was exciting. I, I can't wait to use something like that, though. I mean, I the, those are some of the frustrations, I mean, that the medium has uh, dealt with for so long mm-hmm. and has developed, you know, techniques around because of these limitations. Yeah. So I can't wait. The only thing that I think people are going like to have that. problems with with this one to start with is you're going to have a lot of people like me who come into this and go, OK, I know how to work in colored pencils. I've been doing it for years and expect my previous techniques to work. It's yeah, a little bit different. I, You've I got to imagine. think about it differently. My first try was an absolute failure. So I talked to Aliona. She explained to me what went wrong, tried it again, and what a difference. And here's the mm. great part. I did a 9 by 12 piece with a chickadee, three hours for full coverage wow. on the entire piece. Now, you guys know if you've been working in colored pencil very long, three hours yeah. to cover 9 by 12 inches is unheard of. So, that yeah, there's of. a lot of things on this wow. that this has nothing to do with the question, but I'm all excited about it. So, you know, we'll talk about well, it. Well, but, it, yeah, people are always asking about techniques. So, I mean, this yeah. is, this so is just exciting. just one more option for us out there. That is that is so cool. Uh, yeah, I can't wait. So I, we'll I put wanna, a link I for that try one this. in the show notes. Um, 
if you guys want to check it out. As of the the time that we're recording this podcast, it's currently only available within the U.S., but they are working to get it available overseas everywhere. It's hopefully in the very near future for everyone. Cool. All right. So our next question has to do with who will be our next president of the United States of America. So we're going to talk about politics and religion. <laughs> oh, oh, wait a minute. That, that's no, a different podcast. podcast. No. Oh, change the dial. Okay. I know you said next question. I'm like, wait, that was our last question. What are you talking about here, John? Where, are, are you throw, you're throwing a curveball at me. If you guys would like to have a question featured here on the show, all you got to do is go over to sharpenedartist.com slash Q&A. That's Q-A-N-D-A. And just fill out the form there, and we will um, – uh, record a show and feature your question here. And we really appreciate all of you who have uh, submitted questions. As always, the show notes will be over there at sharpenedartist.com under the podcast folder. And we realize that you guys are taking time out of your day to listen to us. And we really appreciate that. It means a lot to us. If you would like to continue the discussion, you can head on over to Facebook and post your question there or comment in the Colored Pencil Podcast group. And thank you very much for joining us again today. And we will talk to you again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com. Your destination is on the right. You're paying, you're pricing your work according to the benefit and um, the, wow, I am really struggling with that. What is that other word I was wanting to say? Not a clue. Yeah. But this is entertaining for me, so continue. Yeah, you're 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 getting paid for 